Welcome to the South Mins U podcast. This episode comes to you from the Italian village of Monte Castrati, situated in the stark rolling hills of Puglia. It's a blistering hot day, and I am due to meet the abbot of the local monastery, San Matteo Crypto. Now, you might think that's got something to do with the crypts and the dead, but actually, it's the first religious order based on blockchain. It's a crypto monastery which not only mines Bitcoin, but has also generated its own cryptocurrency. Let's go to the main square and meet Father Free Whelan. Yes, I know that name sounds incongruous, but all will be revealed. I'm outside Bonucci's, the town's most popular cafe, and Father Whelan has his own table inside from where he trains Bitcoin, Ethereum, and his very own special cryptocurrency. Let's go inside. Bonjour, no. Um, I'm, I'm looking for Father Whelan. Sei un poliziotto? Sorry, a policeman? Non sembri un poliziotto. Un becchino, forse. It's okay, Maria. He's a podcast host. Oh, oh, hello. Does she think I'm a policeman? Well, either that or an undertaker. You're not an undertaker, are you? No, no. Strangely, my father was. Maria has powers of insight none of us can understand. Café? You'll have a coffee? Oh, yes, please. Uh, Do a café, per favore, Maria. Two coffees coming up, love. What? Well, Maria was actually born in Catford. She likes it when English people come in here and think that she doesn't understand them. Now you've confused him, Maria. Oh, poor lamb. Sit down and I'll bring you a coffee. Here, this is my corner. So, so, so your order isn't an enclosed one? No, no, the San Mateans are a brotherhood of entrepreneurs. Did you take a vow of poverty? We took a vow of profitability. How does that work? We work to make money so that we can help the poor. Using cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin? Yes, we are mining Bitcoin for Jesus. But cryptocurrencies have such a bad name. I mean, they're linked to the criminal underworld and ransomware attacks and... Yes, yes, I'll admit they've had a bad press. A justified bad well, press? perhaps, but our order is changing that. The order of San Mateo Crypto is claiming the blockchain for God. It's hard to imagine how you can do that. Well, finish your coffee and, uh, and we'll go to the monastery and see. you can see what we're doing. With pleasure. This is an impressive church. It's modern and and yet feels ancient. It's been cleverly designed. The Wi-Fi in here is the best you can get for hundreds of miles. And the choir practices all day? No, no, we stream the Vatican choir over broadband. We're too busy trading our crypto or maintaining the service which mine our Bitcoin. Can I just change the subject for a moment? You want to know what a friar called Free Whelan is doing here on Monte Castrati? Yes. Well, didn't you Google me before you came? Well, I tried. And you found very little. Well, that's deliberate. 
Okay, so I was born in Wandsworth. My father was a big Bob Dylan fan, and he thought it would be clever and funny if he named his son Free. It was the 1960s, after all. So what's the link with Bob Dylan? Free Wheel and Bob Dylan, his iconic album. It's got blowing in the wind on it. It released in 1963, exactly nine months before I was born, so you can imagine the link. Oh, right. Let's go to our server room, shall we? Okay. As you can see, we're very serious about mining Bitcoin. It's quite an array of servers. I'll just describe this place for our listeners. We're in what looks like a crypt or a wine cellar. It used to be a crypt. Right, right. And the heavy yellow stone feels cold to the touch. And the large blocks of stone are formed into arches, which enclose banks of servers with their myriad little lights blinking white, green and red. The hum feels almost elemental, as if the earth itself were generating a constant moan. And before you complain that we're using up too much electricity, much of our power comes from that restless earth you mentioned, in the form of geothermal energy. That's impressive. Well, everything we do is impressive, because we do it for the love of God. Ah, so how do God and religion and cryptocurrencies fit together? We'll talk about that in my office, shall we? It's a wonderful view from here, isn't it? It certainly is. We're sitting on the colonnaded veranda outside Father Whelan's office. It sits close to the edge of the mountain on which the monastery of San Mateo Crypto is built. We can see across the valley to the distant sandy hills. The heat haze plays tricks on the eyes, strangely. It feels as though we're on the border between reality and, well, something incandescent. Well, isn't that a fair description of the human condition, generally? Well, perhaps it is. Uh, um, another question. Why is this place called Monte Castrati? It's a strange name, isn't it? It's intriguing, too. As is everything associated with this place. <laughs> Indeed. Well, back in the 18th century, when this was just basically a, a collection of huts used by goat herds, an extraordinary coincidence happened. Four sons were born to a peasant woman, and three of them became very famous singers. Castrati, men who could sing like angels, and were castrated to preserve the purity and tone of their voices from the ravages of testosterone. Oh, I see. What happened to the fourth brother? Well, he became an axe murderer. That testosterone can be a tricky hormone. Mm, I see. But that's neither here nor there. In indeed. Well, why did you call the Order of Monks San Mateo Crypto? Well, St Matthew is the patron saint of money. He was a tax collector who became a disciple of our Lord. So you're assiduous in terms of your tax liabilities? As assiduous as we need to be. Well, what does that mean? It means exactly what you think it means. I can't help but be suspicious of anything crypto. As I said earlier, the associations between cryptocurrencies and criminals, as well as the many scams which investors fall victim to in the crypto world, I can't help but make people like me suspicious. I understand that. We are devoted to changing that too. You see, as I said before, we're all about claiming the blockchain for God. 
The blockchain is a definitive record of everything crypto, every exchange, sale, movement of value, and smart contract ever created. It is indelible, utterly accurate, and cannot be corrupted. We see God's creation in the same way. The blockchain represents the essence of the universe as God created it originally. Really? Really. I understand your scepticism and I accept it. I know you remain to be convinced. It's an odd mix. Religion and crypto. Well, religion is about faith. Money is based on faith. Crypto is money that thrives on faith as well as bits of data. Some people even believe that crypto is a new religion. I reject that. It is the work of God himself. Yes, I've, I've heard people call Bitcoin a religion. What with that strange messiah-like figure of Satoshi Nakamoto appearing at a time of great upheaval during the great financial crisis of 2008, delivering his sacred text, that famous blockchain white paper, and then disappearing into the ether, never to be heard from again. It was as if he had been assumed into crypto heaven. Yes, the illusions are trite, of course, but I can understand why people like to use them. Whoever Satoshi was, he, he was, she was, they were a person or people who had a brilliant idea but not, ultimately, an original one. You can go back to the Fathers of the Church, through to St Thomas Aquinas and beyond, to find ideas as elegant and as brilliant. OK, so, I understand you are about to launch something which you say will revolutionise both crypto and humanity's relationship with God. Yes, that's exactly what we are going to do. How? We are launching a new crypto instrument, it's a currency like Bitcoin or Ethereum, and it's a token which can be redeemed against your sins. I'm sorry? We call it Pergo Coin. Um, did you say this coin or token can be redeemed against our sins? That's exactly what I said. It's called Pergo Coin? Yes, Pergo Coin. As in purgatory? As in purgatory, indeed. Mm. Let me think about this for a moment. Well, take all the time you want. Purgatory is the place where we go to work off the sins we've committed while we are alive. Is that right? We are all sinners. Every sin makes a stain on our souls. Purgatory is the place where we expiate those sins before we can gain entry into heaven. Depending on how stained our souls are, we might spend a long time in purgatory before we are cleansed of all our sins and deserve our place by God's right hand. And your coin, um, well, it gets you into heaven faster? It's a financial instrument which delivers what we call proof of contrition. It's a bit like in Bitcoin mining, where you have proof of work, which is when you show that uh, you have done all the number crunching necessary to uncover the code of a new Bitcoin. Proof of contrition? Well, contrition is when you are truly sorry for your sins. You need to be contrite for the stain of the sin to be wiped away. And by investing in Pergo coin, you prove that contrition? You do. God recognises your investment as a form of contrition. And this happens after you go to confession, right? Indeed. We actually have an app which enables you to confess your sins and then immediately purchase the right amount of Pergo coins you need to avoid spending time in purgatory. I don't believe this. 
if I'm honest. Well, that's, that's not a surprise. D- don't worry. It takes time to accept the logic, and if I may say so, the pure beauty of the concept. Isn't this a bit like selling indulgences? It is exactly like selling indulgences. That is exactly what it is. But didn't the sale of indulgences lead to the Reformation? Martin Luther and his 95 theses and religious wars and strife... Now, now, and... now you're being overly dramatic, I think. But am I wrong? Well, not entirely. Well, explain. You see, the argument about indulgences has always been obscured by Luther's indignation. Indulgences are an ancient concept. If you did good work, then you could earn remission from your time in purgatory. Your individual ledger of sin and the time you needed to spend in purgatory was calculated in very human terms, like in months and years and even centuries. The total would depend on how sinful you were. Popes and cardinals and bishops could issue indulgences to make that time shorter. They could link it to saying prayers, doing good deeds and even going on crusades. For instance, a place on a crusade could earn you a large amount of remission, which would naturally be strictly quantified in terms of time. So if you went on a crusade, you might get uh, half your sins wiped clean and maybe a century off your time in purgatory, depending on how bad you'd been. If you died on a crusade, the slate would be wiped completely clean and you'd go straight to heaven. But then, very soon, people began to pay for those indulgences, be charged for them, right? Yes. It was a logical development when you think about it. Sin had always been seen as a kind of debt, a debt you owed to God. Uh, you, you You do something bad, so you need to be fined. Time in purgatory, away from the presence of God, is the fine. With hell as the ultimate fine. Indeed, well put. So, if sin is a debt, then why not pay money to the church to enable it to do good works as a way of repaying that debt? It makes sense. It's, I mean, it's, it's logical. Mm, but it's also a source of corruption. It could be, sometimes, and it was. But if a rich man pays for a monastery to be built and enables monks like those in our order to pray for the world and do good works, then surely you are converting money into something blessed. Don't you agree? I see the logic. I don't know if I agree with it. You see, the myth is that Martin Luther objected to the sale of indulgences to build St Peter's in Rome in 1517. Isn't that exactly what he objected to? Well, some scholars don't think so. They think that he was actually worrying that indulgences were being oversold. Oversold? That the concept of the indulgence was not in error... It was merely that the price was too high and the fact that money was going to building a church. Luther, in fact, did not object to the concept of the indulgence. Really? He was worried that there would be an inequality of salvation. It was very forward-thinking. I'll quote him, if I may. Please do. Well, his 82nd thesis of the 95 reads... Ask, for example, why does not the Pope liberate everyone from purgatory for the sake of love, a most holy thing, and because of the supreme necessity of their souls? This would morally be the best of reasons. Meanwhile, he redeems innumerable souls for money, a most perishable thing with which to build St Peter's Church, a very minor purpose. Well, that sounds like an argument against your project, Pergo Coin. Our project is a democratic one. It is open to all. It turns money into remission of sins through crypto-contrition. So, how do I buy PergoCoin? You download our app, 
create a Pergo wallet, and then once you've been through the confession protocol, you earn, in quotes, Pergo coin. Then you make a payment in money. It can be ordinary money or any compatible cryptocurrency, depending on the current rate of value, and you get Pergo coins deposited into your encrypted wallet. You can then trade those coins for time in purgatory. Sorry? You can trade the coins for time? Yes. They will go up and down in value, of course. Well, monetary value? No, temporal value. How does that work? You confess a big sin, adultery for instance, that will cost you 100 Pergo coins. You buy them with real money, £1,000. That gives you a century off purgatory. But if the value of the coin goes up, you can trade that for 150 years or 200 years on other sins. Where does the real money go? To us. To you? To the Order of San Mateo Crypto, here in Monte Castrati. And how do you know that your Pergo coin is really going to take time off your stay in Purgatory? You'll know it when you see the face of God quicker than you expected. But you'll be dead. Your soul won't be. But if what you're telling me isn't true, then there's no redress. I mean, you can't be sued from the next life. Or can you? Well, we'll all find out, won't we, eventually? <sighs> I'm just trying to get my head around well, this. Come and see our trading chapel. Trading chapel? Where we try and boost the value of Pergo coins for the benefit of dead souls. I won't even ask what that means. Maria is here trading with clients and trying to boost the value of Pergo coin. That's Maria from Bonucci's. She is an extremely hard worker. Your order is a celibate order, I assume. Oh, celibacy is so last millennia. Um, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm going to have to end this interview. Um, Why? Why? What's, what's happened? What's that siren? Well, I, ju I just need to slip out for a moment. Uh, please, please, help yourself to our Pergo coin. Promotional materials over there. Uh, okay. We have some San Mateo beer mats and, uh, and pens, pens. There's flash drives and... Uh, just, to, 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 just to take, take what you want. Take what, what you want. What, what, what's happening? Where, goodbye, are, you, where are you going? Good, good luck. Remember, go to confession and buy plenty of Pergo. Uh, you're going to need it. Oh dear.